most people, most Americans don't know they can invest their IRA from the job, from a job they used to have and invest that into real estate. Like they don't know that their 401k they have now probably needs to stay on Wall Street, but the 401k from any prior job could be invested in anything, including a real estate investment. They don't realize that perhaps if their home is paid off free and clear, or if they have a lot of equity in their home, that equity in their home could turn, could get turned into phenomenal additional cash flow for themselves. You are an engineer. You're smart. You've worked hard. You've been dedicated to one of the world's most needed professions. And now it's your turn to build some passive income. This is Engineers That Invest. You want financial freedom and security, and we're about to teach you how to do it through investing in commercial real estate. On this show, you'll get educated and inspired on building that passive income. Get ready to learn how to retire on your own terms. This is Engineers That Invest, and now your host, Nde Kimbang. What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Engineers That Invent. You're here with your boy, Nick Kimbang, a.k.a. your homie, Nick. And I'm finally back from my Africa tour, where I went to Egypt, I went to Tanzania, and it was genuinely amazing. But let's get into this podcast episode. Today's guest is Matt. Fairclaw. Matt has been a full-time investor for over 15 years. His background is actually within engineering. He was an industrial engineer and graduated from Virginia Tech, class of 1998. So over the past 15 years, he has successfully completed projects involving dozens of fix and flips, office buildings, single-family homes, and apartment buildings. It's so interesting how I was able to even connect with Matt. I met his partner, Herve, at a multifamily conference, and I had to get connected. Because if you don't know, Matt is a big, bigger pockets personality. So this interview is kind of like a starstruck moment for me. <laughs> so Matt has actually amassed a portfolio of over a thousand plus units and raised tens of millions of equity through these real estate projects. In, and this equity has been through both debt and equity positions for his passive investors. And I can't forget, Matt is the author of Raising Private Capital, How to Build Your Real Estate Empire with Other People's Money. There's actually a new copy of this that just came out. So definitely check this out. When I tell you that this episode has gems, we talk about how to invest through IRA, we talk about how to raise private capital and the mindset that one needs to begin investing in real estate. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And as always, please like, share, and leave a review. And if you would love to know more about how you can invest passively in multifamily real estate, feel free to get our guide at engineersthatinvest.com which is 100% free and will help you on your way to financial freedom. All right, we have here the Matt Faircloth. What's going on, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me here today. 
Hey, for sure. I read your book, Raising Private Capital, a little bit ago. And being able to have you today on the show is amazing to me, man. It's an honor to be here too. And I love the uniqueness of your show because I am a recovering engineer as you are. And so I went to school for it and we'll, go, we'll get into all that, but I went into school for engineering and you and I were talking before we started recording about how I know so many people that are real estate investors that are former engineers, so many mechanical, civil and everything like that, that is their background, but they've decided to choose real estate investing, but also believe there's many engineers that could diversify their wealth through real estate investing. I'm really loving today's conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, let's just head right into it. What were you prior to investing in real estate, working as an engineer? What were you doing? Let's, let's go back. I, I'll bet you at least one of your folks listening to this show right now can identify with this, right? So I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and I went to a magnet school called Baltimore Polytechnic that was really focused on math and engineering. And I was good at math and engineering. Math, I'm sorry, focused on math and science. But it was geared, it's like a 1980s mindset, 1970s mindset. It was a high school geared towards creating engineers. So I was taking like drafting, surveying. We were out like surveying the school with the, the field stuff and wood shop and all that kind of stuff. So I took all those classes, but I also had two to three math classes a day, and then at least one science, if not two science classes a day. So it was a very like tech-focused school in that. It really geared you towards engineering. And the reason I did it was because people, adults in my life said, hey, you're good at math and science, and so you should become an engineer. And so I did. And so I got my degree in engineering. I went to Virginia Tech. I had a great time. Let's go Hokies, all that but I got my degree in industrial and systems engineering and a minor in business from Virginia Tech. The thing was, is that I just don't, I was more wired as a salesperson, as a people person, not so much like a desk, like a desk engineer. And so when I figured out that an in, what like the product of the kind of engineering that I had majored in industrial engineering was going to point me towards, I was like, I got to find something that really suits me. And so I got a job when I graduated with Ingersoll Rand. And I was a traveling salesman for them. And what was interesting is, although I didn't do direct engineering, I had engineering in my title, but really what I was doing was selling systems to engineers that worked at factories, right? And so I would design and sell compressed air systems. But the clients that I dealt with on the back end were always typically design engineers or facilities engineers or something like that that worked at factories all across the country. And I got to build relationships with them. I learned how to sell, learned how to do a lot of really cool stuff with those folks through, through relationships. But I used my degree, gave me a lot of street cred with them, but enabled me to go in and design compressed air systems. And I did that for seven years, lived in North Carolina and then lived in Pennsylvania, I lived in Philly where I met my wife and, and the rest is, then we switch over to real estate from there. Okay. So you are a sales engineer? Yeah. I was a sales engineer selling compressed air systems. Compressed air in some ways is like this. It's the fourth utility. It's factories use electricity, water, natural gas, and then compressed air to make stuff. What's cool in days, I got to see how things are made all across the country and how different manufacturing facilities make stuff. I saw how shaving cream cans are made. I saw how they make soup. You know how they make soup? Right? No idea. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. This is a, and I blow people away when I tell them this story. Soup, if you think about what's in a can of soup, Pretty much, if you open up that can of soup, it's not raw. You can eat the contents of that can of soup. Really what you're doing when you're cooking it, air quote, on the stove is you're warming it up. It is already cooked. And the question is, 
how do they cook it? What do they get this enormous cauldron of 3000 gallons of soup with this big old ladle and spoon and cook it up and stir the whole food up? No, because you would lose consistency. You probably would have schmeg soup on the bottom of the cauldron and stuff like that, that you couldn't sell. That's what they do. They put it raw into the can. Okay. And then they cook it in the can. They take that can and they put it in like a, a pressure cooker the size of a Volkswagen. They put it into this pressure cooker and there's like thousands of cans of soup in this pressure cooker. And it's perfectly broken down with the ingredients, the raw chicken, the raw vegetables, the, the water, the salt, everything they want in their ingredients. It's all broken down perfectly inside in, in the ingredient manufacturing line. Then they cap it. And they put it in that can. That's why you buy soup in an aluminum can or in a metal can because they can cook it that way because the metal can will withstand the pressure of the pressure cooker, right? Tuna is cooked that way. Any seafood in a can is cooked that way. Any consumable thing you can think of that's in a can was likely cooked inside that can. Uh, they put it in there raw, cap it. And they cook the one thing that they don't cook in the can, which is nasty. And I tell you, I went to a nasty plant one day, a dog food plant. Oh, goodness gracious. That's nasty right there. And, and by the way, if you ever want to not eat a food, go to the factory where they make it. Even like vegetables, where you see like a guy like scooping the vegetables off the floor of the factory with a shovel and stuff like that. Like I'm going to eat that, which just fell on the floor. But anyway, I, I saw how a lot of things were made, including food. And that was interesting. And then nobody realizes that how they make canned soup and, can, and canned anything. So I, that's was the biggest blessing was being a traveling engineer like that was going into all kinds of different factories and seeing all kinds of crazy stuff and, and how they made it like trash bags. I saw that. That's interesting. How do they make trash bags? That's another story. I'll, I'll save that for your next podcast. But that, that's my story up, up until real estate investing. I was a traveling engineer. So, man, it seems like you still know how these things work up today. You clearly have still have that tech mindset, engineering. Oh, yeah. and really, from there, then how did you get into real estate? What oh, triggered that interest? Go, when I buy a new apartment building or when I do a real estate deal, even when I was doing small stuff, my favorite place to go is the basement because that's where the engine, that's where the real good stuff happens, man. That's where the machines are. That's where like the nuts, the bones of the property are is in the basement. So I would go to the basement and look at the sill plates and see where settling was happening. I would look for settlement cracks. I would look at the machines in the basement to see if they're healthy or not. If the basement was damp. I, when I would look at a house, the realtor would want to show me, oh, look at the bedroom, the bathroom. No, I'm going to go down. You can go up. I'm going to go down because I know where that's where like the real bones of this property is down. And so I still have that engineering brain where I want to see that the thermodynamic systems in the property, show me the hot water heater and, and all that. Because that, that I can get my head around faster than the bedrooms or which wh where the bathrooms are and that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. No. I yeah. love how you've been able to balance the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another way it comes in is a new construction. We've done some new construction deals and then you get to look at architectural plans and then like the engineering brain gets tickled a little bit in there too. We look at like the utilities that get distributed throughout the property. And engineering's all over real estate. People forget that. But the design of systems and how things work is all over real estate investing. And I've even been able to apply it in our business systems, in the optimization of how we do what we do as a company too. So then from 
you, when you started as an engineer and then at some point you began investing in real estate and then began to do that full time, what led you into beginning to invest in real estate and then transitioning from that W-2? My girlfriend at the time, now wife of 18 years, put Rich Dad Poor Dad in my hand. While we, were, while we were dating, she put Rich Dad Poor Dad in my hand and that changed, that book changed my life. So, so there you go. I'll leave it right there. That's it. And then like, I can get into more what I did from there, but that's, that, that, that book really opened me up towards what's possible in not real estate investing, but just investing, getting outside of trading hours for dollars. And that, and so I did that, started playing the cash flow board game and everything like that. And started to really just work on building assets versus, versus let me earn more by working more. So then with that, what is your, what has been your path when it comes to real estate investing? Cause I know you've done flips, multifamily, mm -hmm. several different things. Yeah. Our path, when we first got started, when I quit my job, I quit my engine, my job as a traveling engineer in 2005 and that so we stuck to residential real estate because it's what i knew and so we slowly scaled out and bought a couple single family homes bought a couple quadruplexes when and scaled out in residential and i typically stuck to residential housing over my years as an investor we bought one office building which was a lark outlier thing that i that we bought we made it work but we probably probably shouldn't have bought it but we made it work one of those kind of things uh, but we pretty much stuck to residential housing, whether that's through buy, fix, and sell or through buy, uh, fix, and rent. And then with the Rosa Group, what are you guys focused on currently? Mostly buying multifamily. That multifamily apartment buildings have been our, has been our focus as a company. We also are into debt, meaning like we've raised investor equity to, to go into hard money loans. We've really positioned our company to be a, a passive investing source for many people. And so we've, we've got a long list of passive investors that work with us, almost 550, I think so far. Passive investors have invested with DeRosa in some form or fashion over the years. And we're really grateful for them. And we want to continue to serve them through whatever means make sense. Currently, that's multifamily, but we're also investing. We're also bringing in other outlets, in, including uh, investing in debt. I'd love to know more about that when it comes to that passive investing, because I'm pretty sure that there's several people in our audience who mm -hmm. make good salaries. They love their job, and but they're looking to diversify outside of the stock market, outside of their 401k. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about the benefits of passive investing? It depends on what somebody's looking for, but passive investing in something outside of Wall Street can give some of the benefits that Wall Street just can't give, right? So there are tax advantages that a real estate investment gives, such as tax loss, you can tell the IRS legally that you lost money, even though you didn't lose money because you have to because of depreciation, which is a, a paper loss. When you own a property, you can claim that it went down in value and lose a little bit of the depreciation of the, of the you can have the asset depreciate while you hold it. And so you don't have to actually write a check to the depreciation company. You can just show that, that on your books that you lost a little bit of money. And it's hard to do that with Wall Street investing. investing. Additionally, just real estate just is a whole different different asset class. It performs differently. You can buy, and in real estate, you can buy a million-dollar property and borrow 80% or 75% of that purchase price. So you can control the entire asset 
with only laying 20 to 25% of the purchase price down. And so just that, that ability to leverage is, it's, it's not seen in, in many other investment classes. Real estate's necessary. It's, it's housing. It is the, the, the location of retail, it's the location of jobs. It's the location of a lot of different things. And so real estate is an important investment to make because the world needs physical assets like real estate to operate. And so it's good to own those things and ride through the appreciation of them over time. So for all those reasons, real estate it is great. The only thing is from a passive investing standpoint, the reason why passive investing is important, it does take time because it's, I can buy stock and have my financial planner recommend what I should buy. I can buy that stock and then set it and forget it. Let's just sit on the shelf and go up in value, maybe pay me a dividend every once in a while. But for real estate, it's very tough to do it 100% passive unless you've got an operator that you're investing with. And so passive investing is great if you're investing with a company that'll operate the asset for you, that'll go out and find deals, that'll push the business plan, that'll make sure rents are up and make sure the property's collecting the rent that it's supposed to and all those different things. It is, that's what's great about passive investing in real estate is because you've got these, this thing called an operator that steps, that stands in the middle of the asset to make it perform well and you. And so there, that operator is willing to inject their time. You inject your money as a passive investor and the operator, or as I call it in my book, Raising Private Capital, the, the deal finder, the deal provider produces their time uh, as their side of the equation. Yeah. No, that, that, make, that makes perfect sense. And then with it, like from the operate, operator's perspective, when it comes to raising that private capital and speaking with potential investors, what is the best way to do that? Building that brand to raise private capital. I think that the way that we did it and the way I recommend all people do it when I talk to them for the first time, when they ask me how they should be raising private capital is I tell them that you can't let the world you know, not, you can't keep it a secret that you're looking to get involved in investing in real estate. You got to wave your hand in your air, in the air to the world to say, I want to build a real estate investing company and I haven't done a deal yet, but I'm gonna, and I want to scale up quickly and get going in this business. So you do that perhaps through a newsletter, through social media posting, through whatever means makes sense, or even just one-on-one -on -one talking to people as they go and telling them that you want to get involved in real estate, whatever it is. So we started doing a newsletter and put everybody that we knew on it, even people from my prior job when I was with Ingersoll Rand, I had a whole big drawer full of business cards. So I put all them in my newsletter. And so we, we built ourselves a good newsletter list. We started emailing all these people and telling them all about our real estate investing business and about the cool stuff that we were up to as real estate investors. And that list slowly grew. And then we started doing social media posting about educating people about our real estate, about our real estate investing ventures. And what that's really doing is it's really raising your hand to the world in your circle and saying, hey, I'm investing in real estate. I'm investing in real estate. I'm investing in real estate. Raising your hand about every month or about every time you do a post and say, hey, real estate investor over here. And so people that are friends with you or your uncle Charlie, your aunt Sally, see that post. And the next time you see them at the family barbecue, they say, hey, how's that real estate investing thing going? And it's their psychic. Like, how did you know I was involved in real estate? Of course they did because they read your newsletter and they see every social media post you do about it. As cute as your kids are, and as cute as your dog is, your dog and your kids are not going to make you any money by posting them online. I strongly recommend 
and, and neither is who you think should have won the presidential election. I don't care. Take Keep all that to yourself and pictures of your kids and your cat and put your business ideas, put business thoughts online. You know, and putting your politics online isn't going to change anybody's opinion. Newsflash, right? They're, they're either going to agree with you or not. Yeah. But anyway, but people will be converted to do business with you by reading well thought out things that you put online. And so I strongly recommend that you guys use social media to work for you and post things about your your ventures in real estate or articles that you've read that you like, whatever those things are, that's how you get people in your circle aware of your real estate investing ventures. In whatever circles that you're in, they're not going to know until you wave it in the face a little bit. Oh yeah, no, for sure. That makes so much sense. That's pretty much what I've, what, what I've been doing and what my team is focused on where just building that credibility online, social media, yep. leveraging LinkedIn, leveraging the podcast. And doing all of that. So because really for us, we have, we have that goal to help a thousand engineers invest passively in commercial real estate by 2030. So I love that, that goal, man. When guests like you come on, people have opportunities to learn more, potentially investing with the DeRosa group or, and, or whether that's them deciding to be more active and do that themselves or invest with us. Like at the end of the day, it's really the goal is to help people know about the different opportunities to invest outside mm -hmm. of 401k because commercial real estate, whether that is multifamily, whether that's self-storage, whether that's industrial, there are so many opportunities that many people just are not aware about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't know what they don't know, right? Most people, most Americans don't know they can invest their IRA from the job, from a job they used to have and invest that into real estate. Like they don't know that their 401k they have now probably needs to stay on Wall Street, but a 401k from any prior job could be invested in anything, including a real estate investment. They don't realize that perhaps if their home is paid off free and clear, or if they have a lot of equity in their home, that equity in their home could turn could get turned into phenomenal additional cash flow for themselves. And like 40% of America owns their home free and clear. That is a great badge of honor for most people. And Dave Ramsey highly get touts that. But to me, that's the, a phenomenal way to create great cash flow for yourself. And shame on you if you've got a home free and clear and you're not leveraging it to make more cash flow. That's such a great way to do it by putting a home equity line of credit on that house and then lending that money out to someone that's going to pay you a good bit more than your home equity line of credit interest rate is. All right. So yeah, you mentioned about investing through your retirement accounts. Can you, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it's, it, I think it's one of the most best kept secrets, maybe intentionally kept because did you realize that 96% of IRAs, not 401ks, just IRAs, 96% of IRAs are still held on Wall Street, right? That means 4% of IRAs are involved in anything else outside of Wall Street. That means that all real estate investing, all investing in things like whatever you want, gold, passive, uh, private placements, whatever it is, 4% is in or in those things. So that's a very low percentage compared to the population. And most people aren't aware of this. And so the, what, the, the point of it is what you can do is if you used to work at one job and you now work at another job, the retirement account you had at the first job is now already classified as an IRA, right? It's no longer a 401k. It's now an IRA you can then take that IRA and roll it over to a self-directed IRA custodian, right? 
then that IRA can get invested in all kinds of different things. Real estate, it can, you can buy bars of gold. You can actually buy real estate houses direct in your IRA, uh, or you can take that IRA and you can give it as a passive investment to operators that can take that money and put it to work. You can lend it out. A lot of our private loans for our fix and flips and our birth strategy deals were from people with IRAs over the years too. IRAs are a phenomenal vehicle. And the reason why is that it's a tax shelter, right? IRAs, regardless of what I make in the IRA, it typically stays in that little bucket of an IRA. And so it, it is tax deferred until I retire. So if I do a fix and flip in there, or if I lend somebody money out of my IRA, whatever it is, I'm not going to see that tax burden. It's just, it's going to get deferred until I start taking it out at 59 and a half. So that's what's great about IRAs is you can make as much money as you want and compound the returns over and over again and make it grow exponentially. And then, and then when you retire, it's just that, that much bigger. Hey, that's clearly a cheat code because you were right. The majority of people don't know that you can do this where it's their retirement is known to be within the stock market and just yeah. the stock market. And so I, I ran through a scenario, book, sorry right? to cut you off. I ran through a scenario that if somebody takes an IRA at, let's say they got hundred K and they're 30 years old, right? If they take that IRA, if they invest it in, let's say they give it to an operator that's going to take it and borrow it from them at a flat interest rate of 8% and they're, and that operator is going to then go do and fix, do fix and flips with the money. So hundred K. If you take if you take the number seventy two, and divide it by the interest rate on a compound an annual compounding loan, so that means that if I give you a hundred grand, and you and I and you pay me eight percent on the money, and then that fix and flip takes exactly a year. You with me? So eight percent. That means that after a year, I got I I now have a hundred and eight grand. You paid me back a hundred and eight, right? Then I give that money back to you. I now make 8% on that $108,000. So it's compounding. So the, I make interest on the interest. So if I take the number 72 and divide it by that eight, that is how long it takes that money to double, right? So that's nine years. So let's run the math. So by, by you, the time you're 39, I'm 39, I now have 200 grand. Add nine. By the time I'm 48, I got 400 grand, okay? By the time I'm 57, I got 800 grand. Okay. And by the time I am 66, right, I am, I have 1.6 million and I've never invested another dollar in my IRA account since 30 years old. Think about that. So that's a, a way for a 30 year old. Let's see this right now with their IRA account can become a millionaire, a multimillionaire by the time they retire. If they simply just take their IRA and investing in an invest in a compounding vehicle by finding a real estate operator. It's willing to pay them 8%. Geez, maybe nine, maybe 10. I've got folks paying me 12% these days on private loans that we have. So divide 12, divide for 70, the number of rule of 72, 12 goes into 72 six times. So do the math on that, right? That means six times that money doubles up. So when I'm 36, and I'm not going to run through that all again, but you got a lot more than 1.6 mil by the time you're 65 years old, if you can make 12. So that's the way that a passive investor can achieve millionaire over and over again is by taking advantage of the rule of 72 with their IRA account. Hey, the rule of 72. I mean, that's, that's the biggest hey, man, thing. Engineering 101. Come on, man. That's calculus right there. We all took that class. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. So now youth, as a successful engineer turned real estate investor, what 
lessons have you been have you been able to gain that you'd like to share with some of our listeners who you know they're looking to take that same path? Yeah, maybe they are. If they want to do it full time, that's fine. Investing full time is not for the faint of heart. It it takes a lot of grit and getting out of bed in the morning when you don't want to, and getting back in the boxing ring of life when you really when after you get a right hook that knocks your front teeth out. The bottom line is that this business can be very tough sometimes. And if you want to do this thing full time, you better get educated first. You better get yourself a great team around you. And I've learned the hard way that, that those things are extremely important. Um, for passive investing, if you got a job you love, I tell people you don't have to quit to achieve the life you want. You can just live life on your own terms by keeping your job and doing some passive investing and maybe starting to live on those passive investments as you go. So regardless of what it is, it's really about being clear what life you want. If you're not happy with your job and you want to quit to invest full time, understand that's a long road, or maybe live below your means in a job that you love and take some of the income you make and invest it into, into other passive investment vehicles. Hey, all right. No, makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, you know, we're going to get into the final part of the interview where we ask each guest five questions. And this part is, it's called the rapid blueprint. And, I love it. Oh yeah. The first question, what's one book every engineer turned investor should read? Every engineer turned investor should read. I wish I could give you better like mechanical. I, I give you a few. Okay. And sorry for not, but I, I like to break the rules. Traction is a great engineer-oriented book, and it has to do with how people that are more like engineering-brained or techie can fit into the business world. It's not so much real estate investing. Traction is more into just how small businesses can operate with the different brain power that's needed, right? That's number one. The other one I was going to say is the cash flow quadrant. That's one by Robert Kiyosaki that it has to do because a lot of engineers strive to maybe start their own businesses or become a hang a shingle and then that, and then you become in the S quadrant, self-employed. What you really want to do is to be in the I quadrant as in, the, in that book. So those are two good books. Okay, got it. What do people misunderstand about you most? <laughs> that people don't realize the probably 12 years that I put into this business and, and learning it before bigger pockets ever found me before I ever got any notoriety and whatnot. So people didn't realize it's a long time. People think, Oh, Matt Faircloth overnight success, or he got lucky and found bigger pockets or whatever. They realized the amount of work that it took to get to this point. And, and yes, I've been blessed with a lot of success in the last five years, but they don't see the other 13 that were, that was before that. So <laughs> Hey, it took, it took a lot of nights to become an overnight success. Yeah, sure. And another question is, we've spoken about so many things. What's one question that you wish that I would have asked you? That's the, I, I think that you really asked a lot of great questions. It's hard to say because th there's always great questions to get asked. I don't have an answer to that question because I think that you've done a great job with this and I don't, I, and I don't have one that you should have asked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see your real estate investment journey taking you in the next five years? I think that we are, we become more diversified in an asset class that we offer people. I think that we become more diversified in asset classes that we offer. I think that we become a company that is viewed as a place that, that you can make pretty much 
all your wealth goals met through all things real estate through the DeRosa Group. And, and also with a company that has is a conscious investing company that's really committed to transforming lives through real estate, which is the mantra of our company, and a company that has, call it like conscious capitalism, that, that invests in things and expects to generate a profit, but also expects to make an impact on the world through the work that it's doing. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, that's really deep, and I love that. Okay, and finally, in just three steps, can you outline a simple blueprint for engineers who want to start their journey in real estate investing? Get clear where they want to be in five years, right? 100% clear, crystal clear where they want to be in five years. Number two, decide what investment vehicle they need to get there. And if that's, I want to double my income, I want to quit my job, I want to X, Y, Z. Decide if you have to go passive, if you want to go passive, if you want to go full-time, if you need to make great returns, if you need your money to stay liquid, decide what investment vehicles are going to get you where you want to go and then write those goals down and then stay focused. And the write and stay focused is the last step. You know, that's two and one, right? Too many times in a day, people become distracted and they set a goal and then a month later, they change their mind. Ah, that goal is not going to work out. I'll do something else. They don't give a goal time to manifest itself. So I would pick a goal and stick with it for at least six months. And if you don't see any type of growth around that goal happening at all after six months, maybe give it another six. And if you don't see anything there, then maybe you can try another goal after that. The people don't give goals time to come about. Okay. No, perfect. Got it. So then, yeah. Hey, thanks again so much for being able to come onto the podcast today. You've dropped tons of gems and continue your conscious investing we really appreciate that where can our listeners learn more about you our website derosagroup.com d-e-r-o-s-a group.com they can find out all things that we offer including our mentorship programs they can consider our passive investments that we offer they can even grab a copy of my book raising private capital which just released a revised edition that just dropped a few weeks ago at, at our website derosagroup.com yep saw the revised revised revision with Pete morby Yes. Yeah, he wrote the forward. Okay, all right. Awesome. So yeah, thanks again for coming on and catch you all in the next episode. Signing off. You've been listening to Engineers That Invest. If you're an engineer or other busy professional and you want to learn how to build passive income, this show teaches you how through real estate investments. We'll give you all the tips and tools you need to retire on your own terms and spend more time with your families. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope we've helped empower you to take control of your financial future. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can get our free guide on passive income through multifamily investing at engineersthatinvest.com and follow on Instagram at Proportunity Partners. See you next time on Engineers That Invest.